If you're enjoying this Med Prep to Go Step 1 podcast, you can now get the content along with the content of the Crush Step 1 podcast ad-free in one bundle. Just go to medpreptogo.com and find our new subscription podcast called Med Prep to Go Step 1 Bundle. This is Dr. Ted O'Connell with the Med Prep to Go podcast. Today we'll be reviewing three biochemistry questions. Just a reminder that you can also find these questions on our website at www.medpreptogo.com. If you have feedback or would like to get involved in contributing to this free online and audio QBank, please contact us through our website or contact me at ted.medpreptogo.com. If you like what we're doing, please give us a review and tell your friends, as these both help us a lot. You can learn more about me and my new books and projects at www.tedxoconnell.com. All right, let's get started with the first question. A 32-year-old prima gravid woman at 23 weeks gestation presents to her obstetrician for a prenatal appointment. She has not received any prenatal care up to this point and does not take any vitamin supplements. On physical examination, she is noted to be pale. Neurological examination shows no abnormalities. A peripheral blood smear shows a megaloblastic anemia that is suspected to be linked to a vitamin deficiency. Which of the following biochemical process is most directly impacted by the suspected deficiency? A. Glycolysis B. Pyrimidine synthesis C. Transcription, D. Translation, or E. Ubiquitation? The correct answer is B. Pyrimidine synthesis. Folate, or vitamin B9, is vital in the synthesis of thymine, a DNA base. Once it is trapped by vitamin B12, that is, it becomes tetrahydrofolate, or Th4, it enters a series of reactions that eventually lead to the generation of DTMP, or deoxythymidylate monophosphate. Th4 first reacts with serine to produce glycine and 5,10-methylene tetrahydrofolate, or N5N10-methylene FH4. The latter goes on to react with deoxyuridylate monophosphate, or DUMP, to form DTMP with the help of the enzyme thymidylate synthase. As this process is a crucial source of thymine for DNA synthesis, its disruption will severely hinder DNA replication. The key learning point in this question is the nucleotide base thymidine requires folate for its generation. Without folate, DNA replication can be severely hindered. Question 2. A three-year-old girl is brought to the emergency department by her parents for vomiting and lethargy for the past day and a new seizure one hour ago that lasted approximately three minutes. They report that she is taking amoxicillin for otitis media that was diagnosed two days ago. On physical examination, she is noted to have a fruity odor and has dry mucous membranes. A urine sample is obtained and is noted to have a distinct, sweet-smelling odor. 
Laboratory results confirm a diagnosis of maple syrup urine disease, or MSUD. Which of the following amino acids is least likely to be elevated in this patient? A. Cysteine B. Isoleucine C. Leucine or D. Valine The correct answer is A. Cysteine. Maple syrup urine disease, also known as branched-chain ketoaciduria, is characterized by the accumulation of branched-chain amino acids. Cysteine is the only amino acid listed that does not fit this category. Maple syrup urine disease is caused by a deficiency of branched-chain alpha-ketoacid dehydrogenase complex, or BCKDC the second enzyme of the metabolic pathway of the three branched-chain amino acids, leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Maple syrup urine disease is characterized by psychomotor delay, feeding problems, and a maple syrup odor of the urine. Onset is variable depending upon which of the five clinical phenotypes is present. The key learning point of this question is that maple syrup urine disease results from the accumulation of the three branched-chain amino acids, which are leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Question 3. A 53-year-old man presents to the orthopedist's office for evaluation of recurrent symmetrical shoulder and wrist pain. He has not had any previous trauma and reports that he has not done any lifting since retiring from his sedentary job in air traffic control two years ago. He has a history of end-stage renal disease and has been on hemodialysis for two years. The orthopedist believes the pain to be due to a form of amyloidosis in which beta-2 microglobulin is deposited in the scapulohumeral joint as well as the radiocarpal joint. Which of the following is the normal function of beta-2 microglobulin? A make up a key component of MHC1, B, mediate antibody binding to its specific antigen, C, polymerize to form microfilaments that aid in cell movement and structure, or D, tag proteins for degradation via the proteasome. The correct answer is A, make up a key component of MHC1. This question presents beta-2 microglobulin amyloidosis in a patient receiving hemodialysis. The healthy kidney usually metabolizes this peptide, but it builds up in hemodialysis patients and is often deposited in the shoulder and wrist joints, causing inflammation and pain. Beta-2 microglobulin, along with an alpha polypeptide chain, make up MHC1 the protein on all nucleated cells responsible for displaying non-self-antigens to CD8-positive T-cells. If a cell is triggered to downregulate MHC1 for any reason, such as viral invasion or mutation, natural killer cells are programmed to kill them. MHC2 is made up of an alpha and beta heterodimer that does not include beta-2 microglobulin. Answer choice B, mediate antibody binding to its specific antigen, is incorrect. 
This is the function of the fragment antigen binding or FAB region of an antibody. Answer choice C, polymerize to form microfilaments that aid in cell movement and structure, is incorrect. This describes actin microfilaments. Answer choice D, tag proteins for degradation via the proteasome, is incorrect. This describes ubiquitin. The key learning point for this question is that beta-2 microglobulin, along with an alpha polypeptide chain, make up MHC1, the protein on all nucleated cells responsible for displaying non-self-antigens to CD8-positive T-cells. All right, that's it for this episode, but don't forget to check out our other episodes, which we are adding all the time as well as the questions at www.medpreptogo.com. And if you want more information tied to uh, these topics, please do check out Crush Step 1 and the Crush Step 1 podcast.